see you've decided to join us. Welcome to the team. I'm Torn and this is Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast. Listen up, if you've got what it takes. Hello and welcome to Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast, our special Halloween episode. <laughs> I am joined by other people today if they would like to say hello. Hey, yo, it's CJ the Lone Wolf. <laughs> hello, it's Jack. And it's Darren. Nice to be here. You might actually recognise Darren's Irish twang from a video that we have previously talked about on the show. Darren makes YouTube videos about Jack and Daxter lore and we discuss the Sandover Village one. Mm -hmm. But we won't talk about that today because I don't want to make you uncomfortable talking about your own stuff when you're on here with us. Yeah, yeah, I have another one on the way anyway. Um, but the, like none of them are Halloween-y so it wouldn't even, uh, it wouldn't even be appropriate I think. <laughs> Although saying that, we talk about no, our we, stuff. No, we talked about our stuff. Yeah, yeah, forget I said that. That was silly. <laughs> talk about it as much as you like, Darren. My videos are great. Everyone should watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's our Halloween episode, we'll be changing the format just a little bit. Instead of our mission by mission, we will be having two main discussions. Mm -hmm. One, we will be debating which is the scariest level throughout the games. And the second discussion will be all about any connections we can make between the games and spooky things. <laughs> Anything Halloween-y. Okay, so as usual, should we kick off with the news and updates around the Jack and Daxter franchise? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sure thing. Great. Okay, so our first story this episode is that IGN posted a picture of the PS5 display box on the 23rd of October 2020. But in the picture, they've put a little precursor orb next to it, which is tantalizing. A bit random. <laughs> this, yeah. So yeah, Jack, will you will you guide us through the story, please? You know a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it was just on a um, an IGN article that they posted yesterday, basically um, getting a few objects and displaying it next to the PS5 box, showing how large it is. And one of the items they chose was a precursor orb, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think this is a sign of what is to come. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened, but for now I'm just going to say it's probably like a little tea, like a little, I don't know, little random Easter egg, <laughs> you could say. IGN also like reviews movies and other things besides video games too. I really think they're just a publication. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they have any sort of tea or any sort of inside scoop unless a video game is specifically like allowing them to play the game first or give a mm. review. I just feel like because they're such a well-known gaming site, they must get a lot of info that we don't. I think they're trying to give us some hints without actually like overtly revealing any information. They are teasing. There just seem to be a lot of Jack and Daxter talk in the uh, video game news as of late, but I think it just has to do with Sony coming out with the PS5 and people just wanting to hype up old properties and get excited yeah and that's it i'd say us uh us jack and daxter fans come out of the woodwork whenever there's a new uh, a new playstation now because it's like this this could be the generation guys come on let's get the hype train going. right yeah yeah <laughs> we, we hold on to any hope no matter how futile absolutely and uh, and knowing it it's, it's because we're, we're just we're burnt out on hope now you know we're afraid we're yeah. afraid to be hurt again oh, that's yeah. it <laughs> a few it's times true. i've been around this track yeah you guys are so pessimistic like i am so ready to put my eggs in that basket of hope <laughs> well that's good cherry we need people like you to, to keep the faith <laughs> <laughs> okay well Seeing as those dreams have been dashed, let's move <laughs> on to the next news story. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next are the anniversaries of two of the Jack games. So first, Naughty Dog posted a tweet saying, Jack 2 turned 17 today. 
on October 14th, 2003, we launched Jack 2 on the PS2. And then just a mere few days later, they posted another tweet celebrating the Jack X anniversary. Mm-hmm. So for this tweet, they said, Jack X raced its way onto shelves 15 years ago today on October 18th, 2005. Oof. And that is alongside just a picture of the game art. Such a long time ago. I can actually still remember seeing commercials for Jack X and Jack 3 on TV. This is around the time I got into those games. How old were you then? Oh, I was in like middle school or about to go into high school, so um, probably around 13 or 14. What? Yeah. <laughs> I remember specifically there was one commercial where the, it's, it was it was a live action commercial, a regular commercial of a kid just working on like a go-kart in the garage and then jack shows up and he's like hey let me show you how to do it and then he like pulls the curtain and it's like his sand shark is like fully decked out and the kid is just oh i want one of those jack x combat racing <laughs> you, know, you know what the weirdest thing about jack x is is um i was like you know like glued to the jack and Daxter game so the second they all came out i i knew about it but i actually literally never heard of jack x until it was out for like a good year or so i have no idea how i missed it but my my friend was like hey if you play jack x if you like the jack and daxter games and i was just like uh, jack x what's that he's like oh it's a jack and daxter game but uh it's like combat racing and you drive around uh these tracks and like you know gun everyone down and i was like this this sounds fake this you have to show this to me and he shows it to me i'm like how how did i miss this <laughs> world of in- much internet you know yeah that's it i didn't have the internet at the time so i had no insight if you can miss things so easily yeah yeah see i was too young when they came out i don't remember any of the adverts i don't remember any of it i just yeah i was just introduced to jack two years later there's some really funny commercials for jack three I have seen, I have watched a few of them. There's that one about finding out who his mum is or something. And then Dax is like, don't worry, it's not your mum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I am your, Dax is like, I am your father. And the narrator is like, trust us and won't end like this. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Mm. Okay. So next in the news, this is just a little topical one which is that someone got a cool comment from the man that plays the Oracle for Jack 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. Mm, I thought that was lovely. So this is all about how Spencer Garnish posted a picture of his Oracle tattoo to the Jack and Daxter fan club, and Mike Gollum commented, I was the voice of the Oracle in Jack 1 and 2, and I approve of your tattoo, winky face. Nice work. Which I thought was really nice. If I got a tattoo and the person that played them commented on it, I'd be chuffed. Yeah, um, no, that's really cool. I just love how, um, you know, the game that's almost 20 years old and the voice actors still, you know, like to show up for the random little bits. People, people posting on the internet is a bit crazy. Like, well, this there's no shade on them at all, but I can guarantee you that probably almost every voice actor that worked on this series, besides the people that have probably worked on Futurama, it's probably the biggest property they've ever been a part of. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's a good point. I thought it was funny, though, because he must have... I mean, how would he come across that? He must have been typing in, like, the Oracle, Jack. Oh, yeah. And that must have come well, we up. We could be part of the fan club, you never know, like... Hmm likely yeah if, if that's the case it's really cool to see it just you know it shows that it wasn't just another job for them that they actually are very proud to have been involved with it and they're still like you know mingling with the community this many years later it it just shows how much heart the series has you know mm-hmm, absolutely yeah it gives it more value it's so nice when they care like if if the people that made yeah. it turned around and said they just didn't give a shit <laughs> then it would be really disheartening for all the fans I'm looking up this guy who voiced the um 
the uh, the Oracle or Oracle, yeah, on IMDb. Ooh, he was in Aladdin. Oh wow, really? Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Oh, he hasn't done any, I... he hasn't done anything since Jack Two though. Oh, Aladdin. Would he would he have been the would he have been the um the cave? You know, the one that um that Aladdin goes up to. It says he was only the voice for Jack One and Jack Two, and he hasn't worked since. Hmm. Okay. No, I mean for Aladdin. Maybe. Just trying to. Oh, for Aladdin, he was on the crew. He was in the sound department. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it did make me wonder, though, what would you lot have if you had to have a tattoo of something Jack and Daxter related? Um, mm. I, I think I'd have a seal of Ma. I think that'd be pretty cool. Any particular reason? Um, just because it's pretty much the um the symbol from for Jack 2, and Jack 2 is probably my favourite game in the series, so I reckon that's what That's a nice for. one. Mm. The sound. I don't have any ideas, really. I'd like to do something with the eco, though, since that's such a hallmark of all the games. It's kind of like mm. the 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 magic of the series. I don't know. That's a, Yeah, that would be a hard one to get on a tattoo, wouldn't it? Otherwise, it might just look like a blob in different colors. I'll just get the beam reflector tattooed on me because oh. that's the only gun you need to use. Mm. Mm. What about you, Darren? See, the environments are the things I love about like the Precursor Legacy the most. So I suppose if I'd have to get a tattoo, it would probably be like um, the top of the Forbidden Temple at sunset. Yeah. Just like the the way the sun hits it and, mm. and, you know, there's that lovely kind of golden glow off the metal and the, the blue of the sky and everything. Mm. That's quite beautiful. So I'd probably get that. Actually, <laughs> I changed my mind. I have some scars on my wrists that I would love to get covered up. So I would like to maybe get like a band of Precursor Orbs to cover up around my wrist. Okay, that could be cute. Like, look a like a little bracelet, bracelet almost. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, that that would look really cool. <laughs> the the um landscape of the top of the Forbidden Temple though that would be that would be like a masterpiece I imagine. Where it would be like on your whole arm. You'd have to go like multiple sessions to get that done. Probably, yeah. I mm. I know like nothing about tattoos. I've never gotten one, so I'd probably like <laughs> I'd probably actually regret getting it done. But yeah, Aww. if I'd have to get one, it would probably be that. Just the the big revolving the astrolabe, the uh, revolving mechanism on top of it. Yeah, that one. Oh yeah, That's yeah. So cool. well, the guy doing your tattoo would love you to Betsy him back. Yeah. Definitely, that's a really interesting one mm. to do, I'm sure. Or just uh, just get like a load of precursor writing. And when people ask what it means, say it's a really deep quote, but it actually translates to like, it actually translates to like, there's one pound fishies and five pound fishies. Yes! Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be a really good one. I might steal that, actually. <laughs> so lastly in the news and updates, I just wanted to talk about CJ's jack 3 trailer mashup which he's done and it is called jack 3 trailer slash wonder woman 1984 style it's on youtube i'll leave the link in the description because it is a nice watch cj will you talk a bit about that please yeah sure um i just i've been wanting to do more trailers since i did my first jack 2 mashup trailer and i'm just i'm starting to feel cabin fever from uh, these movies not coming out and I wanted to go see Wonder Woman so bad this year and it's not going to happen. So I don't know. I just, um, I need something to engage my cinematic tastes. And so mm. I, I've always loved movie trailers too. Like when I always go to the theaters early so I can watch most of the trailers. Um, that's how I usually figure out what movies I'm going to go watch. And now that uh, the reaction to the Jack 2 trailer was so positive and people like the Jack 3 one um, 
and I'm already seeing what I can do, looking for music and other trailers I could use for Jack X, because that's the next one I want to do. Mm. I did... Did you guys see the Jack 3 trailer mashup? Uh, the Wonder Woman 84 style one. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. that. It was really cool. Really good. My favorite bit, CJ, I've got to say, is when it says the end is coming. Is that what it says? It's, it's like, like a... Witness the end. That's the one. That gave me goosebumps. And then you see him going down on the House of Mars symbol lift. Oh, I didn't. That was my favorite bit. I didn't. I totally didn't plan for that either. But like, yeah, when the <laughs> words are going back into the screen and jack is going down into the lift i love that transition it works really well mm, um but yeah no I, I i and i think jack 3 in particular i i know everyone the main breadwinner of this franchise tends to be jack 2 and for good reason it's a very good game but i something about jack 3 to me it just it feels like the big studio like blockbuster version of jack and daxter that everything is just coming together it's you know so overblown, really over the top, but it's still got these grand epic stakes and it's the end of the world and you get, all the secrets are coming out. And so I just something about Jack 3 feels very cinematic to me. I agree. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Definitely. Mm, yeah, it's like the final one in the Avengers series, but like a good version. Climactic. If Jack 2 were like the first movie, then Jack 3 would be like the big blockbuster sequel. Mm. Yeah. Agreed concurred (laughs) and also i wanted to do a trailer for jack and daxter the precursor legacy but the cutscenes and those or that game is really short there's not much of a story and plot going on so i think it'd just be really hard for me to assemble something together from the cutscene footage from the first game see i can see that completely because we did the movie commentary a a few days ago for that which will come out soon And we did find that, like, the storyline in it really wasn't that clear. Well, I did anyway. Wasn't that clear until, like, 30 minutes in. Yeah. Just all the cutscenes are like, go do this mission, and none of them really draw to a main plot. I mean, we don't even know who our main villain is until, like, three-fourths of the story's already over, and then they don't appear again until the very finale. Um, mm. Yeah. Darren and Jack, how did you find that? Because um, I actually found it, like... Uh quite intriguing because there was like like i said uh during the actual thing there were so many little cutscenes that i had never seen before because um like you never have any real need to like talk to the npcs all the missions are given to you and you kind of just go do them mm. you never really consider going back to the npcs and just kind of talking to them for no reason so yeah there was just all these little cutscenes that i didn't see before uh so that was quite fun yeah but um yeah, the story wasn't, like, super dense or anything. Like, how long was the video, anyways? Like, 30, 37 minutes or something like that, wasn't it? It was, like, 48 minutes. Yeah. 48 minutes, yeah. Yeah. It was good, because you could tell that they must have, like, kept prodding them with the circle button, like, to get all three different answers from the various people. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys watch? The, the Jack and Daxter trilogy movie? Is that what you guys watched? No, we just watched the first, The Precursor yep. Legacy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You what, what? You watched all the cutscenes? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I did actually mention about the um, trilogy movie, not, um, with the Dax narration. I think that'd be really awesome. I still have it on DVD somewhere. Yeah, same. I bought on DVD. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, no, I bought like the limited edition version. Oh, limited edition. I think they released it with the Jack X, back in the day. Yeah, no, it was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. 
I feel like I missed the main wave of the fandom. I should have got in with this limited edition stuff. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, D Daxter does like an audio commentary over the entire thing, like an audio commentary track for a DVD. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, Jack said on the movie commentary, but that blows my mind. Is So it's the actual voice actor of Daxter. It's not just oh, yeah. someone cameoing. No, no, actual voice actor, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Okay, our, little, our final little update for the Jacked podcast is that Gabinetto is going to be doing an interview with Mike Irwin, who played Jack in, I believe it's 2 till X in the games. Ooh. Yes, and then he also did come back for the PlayStation Heroes game. Yeah. Oh, so that is in the works. They are swapping emails and getting it on the way. But as Gabinetto says, Mike Irwin has just had a child. So I don't think this interview is going to be the top of his priorities for a minute. <laughs> you know what? You know what's so funny about Mike? Um, oh my! I'm sure this guy probably has people out there who could call. He could call fans. Um, I could actually be probably one of those people that can consider myself a fan of his because I've actually seen him in multiple things outside of Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Like I saw him in an episode of That's So Raven, That's like so way Raven. back in the day. And then he was in this he was in this movie, this like really low budget indie movie called Freshman Orientation about this dude who goes to college and he's a freshman and he's starting to hit on this girl, but the girl thinks he's gay, so he plays along. <laughs> Um, so he can like get in with the cool girls and he learns how to be gay from his roommate, Mike, and Mike plays the gay roommate who's the actual gay one and like kind of coaches him on how to be gay. <laughs> wow. It sounds like that would not be made now, but it does sound. Oh, absolutely not. But it's really funny and it's not like overly like. It's not like racist or homophobic. There's, it's not problematic to me. I've, I've rewatched oh, it awesome. recently. It's just, you know, a cute little indie low-budget comedy that somebody thought may look good on Netflix or something. I don't know. Mm. but um, Sounds like a chick flick. It, it Bizarrely enough, um, it's got like an all-male cast, essentially, besides the hot girls that the main character is after. Ooh, Lovely. <laughs> does does he like speak in his uh kind of jack voice at all is there opportunity to like blend lines from jack and daxter with the film <laughs> i don't think so it, it's really funny well moving on from that we will go on to our first main discussion these are our debates on which jack and daxter area slash level is the creepiest and we can go across all the games we're not limited to the precursor legacy as we usually are so, mm -hmm. so yeah, we're basically, we're each going to pick a level that we think is the creepiest and then we're going to take it in turns to make our case. Who would like to go first? Um, I'm on and mind going first. Ooh. Okay, I mean, I had a few um, ideas about the creepiest level. I, I chose one for each game. So for the Precursor Legacy, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made like a super long thing on the agenda. <laughs> I did uh, Spider Caves for the uh, Precursor Legacy purely because it altogether has like a creepy atmosphere. But um, especially when the level becomes pitch black and you have to illuminate air the air using the dark eco crystals, I always thought that was super oh. cool. Do you guys have a similar idea to that? Like the spider cave? Yeah, with the uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I was gonna say too. I mean, for that game at least, yeah, absolutely. I don't know of any other level that can even come close. I don't know of any other level that can even be considered remotely scary besides the Spider Cave. Mm -hmm. It's underground. Every other level is out in the open. Well, besides the Lost Precursor City, but even that, like, it's open to the ocean. There's lots of light and color. Um, doesn't have nearly the 
ominous vibe that the spider cave has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spider cave is very special, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like the only place where you experience genuine darkness as well. Like even at nighttime in the game, it's always like super visible. You're never actually like straining to see anything. Whereas that dark place in uh, in Spider Cave is the only place that's genuine. Like you cannot see in front of you unless you activate those crystals. So uh, I think that definitely, uh, you know, is a strong case for that. All right. And this might just be me, but I always thought it was kind of creepy how you could still see the outline of the crystals in the pitch black, even if they weren't on. I don't know. There was just something off about that image. Yeah, it was something ghostly about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody at Naughty Dog has a fetish for spiders, <laughs> and we need to find out who it is. They have a lot of weird fetishes at Naughty Dog, it seems, <laughs> through these games. Feet. <laughs> spiders. Ugh. Snakes. Fairies. <laughs> Honestly, though, I still I still stand by my um, comment that the snakes in the Forbidden Jungle are scarier than any other thing in this entire series. No, oh, CJ's I fear of snakes. Don't like them. <laughs> and what was your level for your Jack two and three? Um. Okay. So for Jack two, I decided sewers, um, because they had that initial jump scare of the metalhead. Uh, jumping on the cage um, oh, yeah. and then the bit that. where it's pitch black and you can see the metalhead gems glowing yeah. in the dark and you have to step on this pressure pad and the light flickers and you can see them all just surrounding the area that's super cool that is creepy and creepy yeah there's that little area of the sewers where you have to step on the, the pressure mm. pad and then the light you have to go around a corner or whatever but then the lights shut off like before you get oh, to the other yeah, side and then there are Bunch of metalheads on the other side just coming at you. Oh, that, yeah. It reminds me of like a zombie movie sort of thing. Like that's you'd imagine the lights flickering on and then they're right by your face. Mm-hmm. Metalhead nest is pretty creepy too. Area. Mm. Mm. Yeah, just because of how alien oh, yeah. it is. Yes, all the purple fog and organic lights everywhere. Yeesh. Is that that's the one with like the mad amounts of metal heads in it and there's like one that's a rhino that comes at you is that it that's the metal head nest isn't it were there rhinos in the nest i know there was rhinos in the the precursor temple but um was there rhinos in the nest yeah. i can't remember well, they're the giant big ass metal heads that just walk around they don't attack you or yeah. anything but they shoot out the blue lightning oh yeah yeah out the side yeah that's, that's the one mm. my the one the level i chose is Baron Praxis's prison slash experiment chamber. So this is the first level that you come in in the Jack 2 games. Yes. I chose this one because it was the first area you're introduced to and I w this was the first game I was introduced to of the series. So I was quite young when I played it and I thought it was so creepy. The music in the background, very, very disconcerting. And then when you get to a certain point, the alarm goes off. And I found that terrifying as a child. I don't think I finished it for like a good week or two because I just couldn't get past that point. I kept going back. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a lot more tense of a start than what you'd be used to with the Precursor Legacy, all right. And it's literally a torture chamber. Can you imagine being Jack, like all alone? He's just come from a very like paradise -y sort of place and he's literally being tortured on a daily basis, being pumped with dark eco. Yeah, you see, okay, so I'm going to stop you right there for a second. I just wanted to address this. I've been reading some reviews and watching some reviews of Jack 2. And mm -hmm. one of the, in the reviews that are critical of Jack 2, there's not very many of them, 
But in the reviews that are critical of Jack 2, one of the major criticisms is that Jack is too bleak and too dark and too angsty of a character. And a lot of these reviews even mention the fact, yeah, I understand that he was tortured in prison for two years, but then try to downplay that fact like it means nothing. And I'm just like, mm. he was tortured in prison for two years, pumped full of dark eco. Yeah. Like, you, cl- you clearly don't know the history or plot of this game, if that's one of your criticisms of the game. Mm, exactly. Thank you. You're on my wavelength. I thought you were going to say it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, because he is alone. That's the thing. He doesn't know Daxter's coming. And Daxter does take two years. Yeah, it's been, it's a lot that can happen in two years. Mm, as we know from that Daxter game. Yeah. I think it would have been fun or maybe cool maybe if Jack didn't immediately recognize Daxter. Um, and maybe save the Dark Jack reveal until after they got out of prison. I don't know. I think it would, there's some cool dynamics they could have worked with, I think, with Jack and Dexter. They're just buddy-buddy in every single game. But then how would he... Did Jack break out of the torture chair because yeah. he turned into... Oh, okay. Well, Dexter guess... was looking for a way to break him out, and then Jack just did it for him. That's true. They would have... Yeah, he would have just pushed a button, surely. Yeah. That's just an opinion. This is the thought I had. Mm, I like the thought. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I don't mind going next. Um, <laughs> the dog. Dog is that? <laughs> uh, it's our next door neighbors. You, I can't believe you didn't hear them through the wall. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Um, yeah, so like, I, I suppose people wouldn't consider this level like particularly creepy, I don't think. But uh, Galen Maya's Citadel had some creepy aspects for me. Um, like, I didn't consider it creepy overall. But um, you know the kind of the part where you're doing like these huge... Uh, precursor launcher jumps to get yes. to the yellow eco sage and there's this Ooh, like yeah. this, there's this bottomless abyss and there are these huge like um pillars with wires coming out of them that just go off like into the blackness you know this kind of black void i always just found that area very creepy because it makes, makes me wonder like you know how how big is the citadel really like how far underground does it go and like what what true purpose does it actually serve you know mm. um like uh, I like exploring abandoned buildings um, in, in my free time whenever I can. There's there's not many where I live, but I I try to do as many as I can. I just love that kind of um, that sense of foreboding and like kind of the, the history of the place, trying to figure out like what kind of people live there and all. So that imagine that, but like multiply by like a thousand with the size of the citadel. Yeah, that's the kind of vibes I get from the place. That's that's awesome. Yeah, mm. that's really interesting that you go around abandoned like factories and things yeah it's a it's a whole thing uh urbex urban exploration yeah there's loads of like videos and photography about it online it's really cool wow do you do any like youtube videos on that would you make up law possible theories on what happened there um i do yeah i do a youtube channel with my friend um we haven't done like uh commentaries or voiceovers for them it's just um just kind of cinematic footage of whatever place we explore and we we find an appropriate kind of music to go to to go with it oh. uh we have two videos up so far and we have the makings of the third one but i'm waiting until i can see him again before editing gotcha. um what's the channel yeah, um, called uh it's called virtual verdigree um Ooh. verdigree is kind of like you know that kind of green mold that grows on copper pipes and stuff when they yes. get damp and old yeah mm-hmm. it's that so like virtual that kind of nice a bit of a nice bit of alliteration going on there yeah i will have a look at that i'll throw the link up in the the chat afterwards sure 
Yeah, thank you. I'll put the link in the show notes as well in case anyone else would like to see abandoned factories explored <laughs> and whatnot. Nice one. Thank you. Is it right? I think they should have done more like stealth missions or I feel like they could have played up. I mean, it's not a horror game, so I don't expect them to like do or have it be a recurring feature. But I think one or two missions maybe where you had to act stealthily or maybe use the role because you don't ever use that role. Like you can crawl and roll in the game, but it's not really useful except for maybe dodging attacks. But, I feel um, like mm-hmm. I used it yeah. quite a bit. Well, you, the roll jump is very useful, but like rolling mm. itself without the roll without the jumping oh, part yeah. is really useless. Yeah, I agree. No, I just think that um, a, a stealth mission or a stealth uh, level of the game could have been a good uh, way to use those abilities. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also that mechanic where you can. Um you know, um, hide up against a wall. Oh, yeah. Um, if you push the analog stick up against a wall, you can, yeah. That too. Like, that doesn't really ever come into play. No, never. I mean, I never even knew it existed until, like, maybe a year ago. Hmm? I never told you about it. Um, okay, for the Jack 3, I I decided to go with the Dark Maker ship. Because um, so it just felt... I just When playing the level, I feel so uncomfortable just because, like, it's so alien. And so, like, you, you know, you're just not meant to be there. And then the music <laughs> in the final mission is like this really aggressive countdown kind of music, too. So it even heightens the tension a lot. Yeah, a bit of cosmic horror, mm. I'd say, for that level. Lovecraftian light, I would say. Definitely. Mm. Agree. I just call them dark eco aliens. <laughs> they, they remind me of um, War of the Worlds, those massive alien things. See, I think mm. they look. They remind me a lot of the H.R. Geiger alien from the Alien series. Oh, I haven't seen the Alien series. The the Dark Makers or the Metalheads. The Dark Makers. Yeah, yeah, they have that kind of a kind of a similar thing with the Metalheads. The whole biomechanical thing going on. Yeah. Mm. Oh, now I would love for someone to make like a Geiger-inspired art of either the Dark Makers or the Metalheads. Ooh! Oh my gosh. As, mm. He died. Oh my gosh! I was about to say, oh, can Geiger do it? No, he died unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I believe that is all of our lines of argument. I didn't name any specific areas myself, but you guys said pretty much all the areas I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Spider Cave. Wasn't that yours? Well, I was agree. No, I was agreeing with Darren that I also oh. thought Spider Cave was equally terrifying. Oh well, should we? We we're gonna vote. You gonna? Should you make a case? Is there one area off the top of your head? I mean, you guys already said the sewers in Jack Two, and I don't think any levels in Jack Three are scary. To be honest, that game just has a, a really kind of like fun, like adventure, and it's the end of the world, so we've got to like we got to save the world, and I don't know. It's, it feels a lot less. <laughs> What is the word? I don't know. It's just not as heavy-handed and as serious as Jack 2. I did that final level with that massive War of the Worlds-looking metalhead. I'd say that's pretty scary. I suppose the general feel, though, is not as foreboding. I can see that, yeah. See, that level uh, aggravated me more than scared me. At least the first part, having to ride right around on the doom buggy trying to take out all those little things on the legs. Yeah, that was... A hard level hard uh dude I, there is that one level in haven forest where the dark makers have taken over and you have to like quickly go to every all those turrets and take out all the dark maker plants and there's just so many dark makers everywhere very mm-hmm. aggressive the music is really heightened so that can be a little scary and suspenseful i guess mm-hmm. yeah should we put it to a vote then sure 
You can't vote for your own. That should be a general rule. <laughs> Damn, I'm out then. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to vote for the spider caves because the blackness, I did have a Google at what that level was like. <laughs> and yeah, I could see I could see that the blackness would make it really creepy. What, you still haven't made it there yet? Nope, I'm savoring each level as I go along. Smart cookie. Once we get to Jack 2, I'll be playing ahead, but for now... I am good playing as we go. Um, I'd probably vote for the sewers in Jack 2, just because I feel like those levels unnerve me more as I play them still today. With Spider Cave, I can kind of like just, I don't know, Spider Cave does have that one segment where you have to like punch through all the spiders to get to the very end. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, I'm probably going to have to go for Spider Cave as well, I think. Yay! Yes. Oh, wait, I, that's not me. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. I would. I know it's my one, but I probably would go for the sewers in Jack Two. What, and that would be as um, CJ's one, is it? Yes. Yeah, make it CJ. Well, Darren's the one who said it first, but yeah, that'd be my pick. <laughs> well, it seems that me and Darren are the losers here. And <laughs> Jack seems to be the overall winner. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up our first Halloweeny discussion. Did it spook you guys out at all? Yeah, we all spooked right now. <laughs> Consider me thoroughly spooked. <laughs> Thinking about those snakes again certainly got me spooked. <laughs> I'm not going to let this go. No, I can tell. That's fine. Okay, so this our next main discussion now is make the connection. And this, I only meant it to be the um, sort of mini game that we usually play. But I think CJ it was, you interpreted it differently on the agenda. And the way you interpreted it was so much better so it's now a main discussion (laughs) (laughs) so basically we're going to be making a connection between the jack and daxter games and anything spooky halloweeny in fiction or the real world and just seeing the correlations okay cj will you go first yours looked really intriguing (laughs) i mean well i mean as i so eloquently put it it's basically halloween every single day in haven city like Good lord. War on the streets, dark eco aliens, metalheads. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, going regular trips into the sewers. <laughs> Everybody's wearing like bright Halloween costumes for clothes. Mind, do you mean before the metalhead of invasion in Jack 2 or after or both? Is it like a dictatorship thing? Huh? Do you do you mean it's like a place of horror before the metalhead invasion? You know when they break into the city and they're roaming the streets. The city's not doing too well before that. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering if you meant like on the side of the dictatorship or the metalheads I, themselves. I mean, I'm also including the events of Jack Three into this too. Like, it's any given day in Haven City, like you're liable to have your head blown off. <laughs> what is um this devil horns? Well, yeah, the devil horns, uh, the, the design is still there, I think, when you play Dark Jack, but the horns themselves have been, like, colored white, so it looks like part of the hair, but that mm. was originally a part of the design for Jack, too, and then Jack was also supposed to have horns still when he was outside of the Dark Jack form, which would have been another reason why the people of Haven City distrusted him so much in the beginning. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, and you, um... Jack posted a, um, a clip on our group chat when you go into that... What is it called? That The Naughty Hot... Yes, the Hip Hog. Wait, what? Is it the Naughty Hot Otzel or the Hip Hog? 
It's the hip hog before Daxter takes over. Then it's the naughty Odsel from that point on. That's such a cool name. I didn't realize, and now I know the link why they called it the hip hog because we know what a hip hog is. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, in the mirror in the hip hog slash the naughty Daxter, you can see the horns when he looks in the mirror. Yeah, I thought it was super cool. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> I like this, Jack. I think this is your one. <laughs> Bats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that is when I thought we were doing the mini game. I was like. Hmm, I was trying to think something that could connect to the Jack and Daxter universe. Um, <laughs> the bats um, from the swamp in Curse Legacy. Mm, very Halloween-y. Yeah. <laughs> Again, though, are they bats or pterodactyls? Because they look really creepy. Have you seen, like, the stills of them when they got their mouth open and they're, like, screeching towards you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd probably vote for <laughs> bats, but... Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm making my connection to Frankenstein, and mine is a bit long-winded, so bear with me. How familiar are you guys with the Frankenstein story? Um, a little. Uh, I've never read it or anything. I actually downloaded the like really old movie there the other night. I intend to watch it soon, but uh, yeah, I've never like read it or anything. Oh, okay. But you've never seen the original Frankenstein? No, no, not yet. I have it downloaded though, so I'll watch it soon. Oh. The one with um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Boris Karloff. Yes. Is that the guy? You need to watch it. Such a yeah. oh, watch the Bride of Frankenstein though too. It's just so much better. I love the Universal monster movies. They're like some of my favorites. Mm, I'll have to watch it as well. I've not seen the original Frankenstein. My favorite one is probably the Wolfman, but yeah. well, the connection I made. There's sort of two connections, but basically, Victor Frankenstein creates the monster. And I thought this could be compared to how Praxis creates Jack in Jack 2. Obviously, he doesn't create him from scratch, but he does create, like, the monster side of him in Dark Jack. So that's one correlation I made. And Frankenstein wants to track down and kill the monster as he's picking off the important people in his life one by one. And that is ruining Frankenstein's plans for life. In the same way that the Baron wants to destroy his own creation in Jack as he's picking off his most valued guards and also ruining his plans for life. Hmm. And we see evidence that the Baron actually thinks he did create Jack, because in Jack 2, when they're on the Baron's roof, he says, the dark powers I gave you can't protect you forever. Since I made you, I can destroy you. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. is my first connection to Frankenstein. Any disagrees? No, that's, that's excellent, man. That's a really cool take. I really like that. Why, thank you. I really like that as well. I... I I could take it a little bit further too, you know, like I think the character of Dr. Frankenstein and Baron Praxis, Baron Praxis is obviously the villain of Jack 2, but he's not like an extreme, like 100%, 110% evil villain. Like he does care about Haven's, he does care about Haven City. He does care about protecting the citizens, even if it is to their own detriment. Yeah. Um, and so he, he will do anything and anything to protect the city. And just like Frankenstein would do any and everything to make sh to create life and to give life to his uh, a monster, and he ultimately has to take uh, take responsibility in the end of the story. But with Baron Praxis, that ends with his death. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for the dying bit, I've got a different correlation. But yeah, I mean, when I was rewatching the cutscenes to find that little quote, I did think. The Baron really isn't that awful. Like, he's making a deal with the metalheads, like, so they don't come in and destroy the city. It's like he's just... He's being a bad person, but a good ruler, in a way. Le he's a smart leader. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... 
that's a smart deal you know the metal to you know give the metalheads what they want and to give the illusion that they need the Baron in order to fight the war. But the Baron's also secretly trying to double-cross the Metalheads mm. and find a way to destroy them for good. So he's not just engaging in this deal just, you know, because he wants to be in charge. Exactly. He's engaging in the deal to buy himself some time to find a way to destroy the Metalheads and to hopefully perfect this Dark Warrior program. Yeah, because, I mean, he is actually holding them off. It's only when the Metalheads decide, the Metalhead leader decides he's not getting enough dark eco that they barge through the shield and there's this is a subtle one too you guys probably picked up on this too but a lot of the missions that core sends you on are actively work against haven city and the baron um even though he tries to make it seem like the missions that you're doing are helping the city mm. like that one mission where you go and destroy that tower I paid attention to the dialogue in the background and it's saying that the eco grid is becoming unstable. And by the end of that mission, the eco grid has been destroyed and the eco grid is in this, in the game is what keeps the metal heads out of the city. Mm -hmm. It's what keeps the shield wall up. I just think it's just so many cool little background things like that. Yeah. It's very clever. Like core was taking advantage of uh, the people's animosity towards Baron Praxis and, you know, used it to play 4d chess and, come out on top it was very very clever like that was a really like, mm-hmm. did you just say to play 4d chess yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good one uh, that's exactly what it is yeah i wouldn't have thought of that is that an analogy i was gonna say analogy but i didn't want to sound dumb the what the 4d chess bit or yeah oh no that, like that's just like yeah it's like uh, i just heard it in memes and stuff you know just people people doing like big brain moves and playing 4d chess and stuff i just i just really like it so i've kind of incorporated it into my usual vocabulary now i'm gonna steal that and place it away <laughs> when i want to impress people <laughs> uh but yeah does this make sense i feel like i've made it in my head but saying it out loud it's unraveled i mean well connections like this are going to be kind of loose and strenuous anyway i hear what you're saying cherry i don't think it's um I don't think it's confusing at all. I hear exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah, same. I do kind of like that too. Like the very first thing that Jack says is I'm going to kill Baron Praxis. And then Baron Mm. actually ends up being killed right in front of Jack. And Jack has nothing to do with it. Mm. Yeah. Well, and those are my connections to Frankenstein. Uh, Did anyone else have any connections? Uh, The Frankenstein connection goes a little bit further too in Jack 3 when the the city banished Jack, you know, and they turn against him. Um, Yeah. But that's about as far as that goes. Yeah, that's a good point because no one wants to be friends with um, the monster. That's good. I suppose you could, uh, just on on the whole gothic horror theme, you could throw in a small bit of um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as well, I suppose, with the whole, uh, you know, Jack has a dark side (gasps) and a human side. Yes. Yeah, like I know, yes. like Doctor Jekyll, he he like created Mister Hyde himself with his experiments. I think never read it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know Jack never like created himself. But yeah, the whole kind of split, uh, split soul or whatever. Mm. You see, honestly, that's for me really the real horror of the franchise is the whole Dark Jack stuff, and they make a big deal in the fr- in Jack Two about how the Dark Eco is driving Jack insane and crazy, and it'll eventually kill him. They should have done a little bit more with that, I think. Mm. Okay. I I believe that is... We actually have a bit more time. Do you guys want to play Make the Connection the minigame? What, what was the version that you had? So the version that's the minigame is the one where you nominate a person and then you come up with a random word 
and they have to connect it somehow to the Jack and Daxter games. But it's like it's a lot more loose and loosey goosey. Like association. I gotcha. Yeah, that could be fun. I'm down for that. Yay! Okay, so I'll start. I'm going to nominate CJ and your word. Oh yeah, we should keep it Halloweeny as well. So I'm going to say skull. Connect skull to the Jack and Daxter games. Skull. Oh. I can't. Oh, oh my gosh! I can't believe I didn't men, uh, mention this. Is more sad than anything. It's not really scary. Oh God. But um, in Jack Three, when you visit the ruined stadium section of the city, when you're going through, you know, the Mars Stadium, trying to break through the palace ruins and get to the catacombs, mm. um, you can. You, there's a section of the stadium where you can fly off. In Jack Two, it's the part of the stadium where you would enter the actual real stadium you know to go to the races and the jet board challenges and that section of the stadium there are mountains of bones and skulls um from obviously the citizens of haven city that died when the palace collapsed and it's just a very garish very um haunting image honestly whoa i don't even remember that and like is that um like are you meant to see that or is that something you have to kind of uh like uh, well that's like an easter egg or something well, that area is kind of a secret hidden area with a bunch of precursor orbs. So you're only supposed to go there if you like want to go there to get the orbs. Yeah. That's insane that you pulled that out just out of your memory. Well, like those phones and stuff. That was a good one. I just that I remember that just stood out to me when I saw that. And it just really nailed home the war, the end of days, you know, and mm. just how how many people probably died when the Haven City was attacked. That is deep, CJ. That is deep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who would you like to nominate? Um, I will nominate Darren, and your word is going to be... Let's see here. <laughs> Keeping it Halloween-y, remember? Dracula. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Uh, Dracula, Dracula can turn into a bat, and we were debating about bats in the swamp. So yeah, those uh, those bat lurkers in the swamp. Oh, that was quick. Or are they pterodactyls? <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. That was good. 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 Good job. Uh, I will nominate Jack, and okay. where it is, where it is. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Oh crap! I'm drawing a blank. Okay, I have to keep it Halloweeny. <laughs> Uh, this is the easiest part of the game, Darren. <laughs> uh, ghost. Ghost. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. The the thing the first thing that comes to mind is the invisible metalheads in the Haven Forest. In, <gasps> in Jack, yeah. In Jack. Nice. In Jack Two. Was it Jack Three? No, it's Jack Two, Jack isn't it? Two, yeah. yeah. It's Jack Two. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when you, you have Samos and the. The seed, yeah, yeah, that's what I'd go for. Nice, that was quick. That was like you had it written down, ready to go. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I will nominate Cherry. Yay! And trying to think of a Halloweeny item. Um, a pumpkin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am going. I'm going to take a leap, and I'm going to say I imagine Baron Praxis enjoys a good pumpkin soup. 
I imagine he persuades. <laughs> I imagine he persuades. Maybe Errol to make it until Errol dies, and then he has to give it to someone else. But yes, that is my connection. He enjoys a good bowl of pumpkin soup. Okay, that's canon now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your pumpkin soup is ready. <laughs> oh, give me my pumpkin soup now. <laughs> I will not be known as the man that didn't finish his bowl of pumpkin soup. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Maybe maybe the Baron um, gets pumpkins in exchange for giving the Metalhead's Dark Eco. Yes, as a little Halloween <laughs> festive treat. Oh, actually, they, they they grow some sort of um, pumpkin-looking vegetables, don't they? At, in the Haven Garden with the water spirits. Yes, they do. Oh, oh yeah, the little kind of farming district. Or is yeah. that where the yakows are? Yeah, maybe that's how yeah. they get pumpkin soup. Yeah. I'm really upset that they don't make the noise when you hit them. Why would you want them to make that noise when you hit them? Why would you want to hit them? It just could have been a nice little Easter egg callback. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Too. It is nice to have Easter eggs. Um, I will say, Cherry, it's a shame that you haven't played the Daxter spinoff because one of my absolute favorite levels of any Jack and Daxter game is the level where Daxter goes into the palace and you get to see a whole lot more of the palace. Like there's a, a vault, there's a library, there's throne rooms Aww. and there's a really funny bit with Errol and Daxter like Daxter <laughs> pretends to be oh, like oh yeah Daxter com- pretends to be this commander with this hilariously long obviously made up name but apparently there is a person with like that hilariously long made up name because Errol's like nice try that person's on vacation <laughs> <laughs> well, what's he called like uh, Cap- Captain Rupert Tick Jackmos or something like that he literally just yeah. like took, yeah. took all the people he knows and put it into one name that's cool <laughs> Yes, I do. I it is. Yeah, I do regret not having the PSP because they didn't put it on PS2. Like I still play on the PS2, and that's how I play these games. But yeah, it does. Whoa. It does bring a twinge that I can't play that one. Well, uh, I'm personally glad that they didn't do that because The Lost Frontier was a PSP exclusive game that was also ported over to the PS2, and we all saw how that worked out. They could have done yeah. it well. They had. They you know it wasn't a complete. It was an option to do it well. They just didn't take it. I feel like, though, there's just no point in doing that because the PSP is the size of a Hot Pocket. Like, the limitations of the PSP are far more greater than a PS2. I just think if you make a game for the PSP, you should make a completely different version for another console. That's Yeah, that's what I think. I think they should have just brought the game, like, the, um, the storyline and the main features. I don't mean in the same way they did with the Lost frontier because the controls on that were so unsatisfying they didn't have any sharpness they didn't have like you know when you'd sort of kick and spin on the on jack 2 it didn't have any of that satisfaction Mm. well i feel like there were other things that were holding the lost frontier back if daxter were ported over to the ps2 i don't think it would get as much bad reception as the lost frontier Mm. Because it's just an it's an all around more solid, more engaging and pleasing game. Yeah, it was the storyline mostly with the Lost Frontier as well. Yeah, space pirates. I don't care. Nobody <laughs> cares. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just make one more Halloween connection to the Jack and Daxter games? Yes. Okay, so this is for Daxter, like what you've been talking about now, and Ooh. one of the main things about Halloween is dressing up, right? It is. Well, there's six different dream sequences in Daxter where he dresses up as all these different fictional characters. Oh. 
Ah, uh, the first one is like the Matrix, right? So he yeah. dresses up as Neo from the Matrix, Braveheart, Gandalf. Yeah, so good. That is a good connection. And Indiana Jones, he's dressed up as well. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing them. I just typed them into Google. That is that is pretty sweet that they did that. Yeah. I think I'm looking at the Matrix one with the black suit. Mm-hmm. I really like the uh, the Lord of the Rings one where he's dressed as Gandalf for the Balrog as this big flaming precursor robot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just there on the the bridge of Kazadoom. There, oh, it, was, it was very very good. Like I love that as well. If you're, if anyone's ever asked what Dra- what Daxter dreams about, he he dreams about himself. He thinks he's just so cool. Like. <laughs> no, I was just saying. I think there's a second Lord of the Rings one as well where you dress up as Gimli. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. I know at least in the Matrix one, it's Gaul, the one that plays the part of Agent Smith, right? Yes. In that, um, Matrix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just looked at the images and I did think that is Gaul. And then in the Matrix 2 version, you have to fight the farmer from the Picasso Legacy. Aww. And I also <laughs> wanted to share something with you guys. I'm re- I'm playing through Jack 2 right now, and this has Daxter came up in submission. I just wanted to share this because I honestly thought it was really heartwarming, and it's something that I never picked up on before. Um, like, it's the mission where Jack walks out, and Daxter has to do the race for, the, for Kira and the team. Mm. And the cutscene that comes after... And Dexter's won the race, and Jack comes in, and he's like, you did really good, Dexter. I'm proud of you. And Dexter's like, nuh-uh, we did good. And I, I just Aww. love that, uh, because it, the one time that Dexter can totally claim ownership of a victory, he does it. He wants to share the glory with Jack. That is quite beautiful, because he is always the first to be like, oh, yeah, I let Jack tag <laughs> along for all Jack's achievements. I just love it. it just goes. There's a lot of depth to their relationship, I think. Mm, I agree. Okay, that wraps up our Halloween special for Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast. I will say, this is episode 12. This is not episode 11. I made a mistake last time that I had made a mistake the time before that. This is episode 12. And yeah, thank you for listening. I will leave our email in the show notes if anyone wants to email in their opinions on anything we've discussed. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. You got your own opinions? Want to throw your weight around? Email the show. Details in the show notes. Are you still here?